If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 125 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. Uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> been a while. It has been a while, and it's January 14th. Brian, you have much needed you break. Oh, yeah, I was just yeah. Say, I think, much needed break. I think uh, the last couple off seasons, we tried to really force a schedule and keep things going and it was fun we had a lot of fun stuff yeah. uh, that we did in those episodes but i think it was just nice to take a break from it you know and uh do some other stuff and let some more news pile up there's quite a bit of news um there's still a lot of free agents out there um but it's going to be fun but before we get into all that uh, as you heard this is nonstop baseball podcast i am noah joined as always by brian and adam adam how's it going going good uh it's been a rough off season for the jays not ideal <laughs> oh no, not ideal. uh so far I, I give them like a like maybe like a d plus mm. so ho- hey, hoping that that gets good. better <laughs> what about what's i mean it's been so long any news in your life since uh the last podcast uh got a raise making you, more money oh, that's always cool you don't get mlk day off I don't. Oh yeah. No, no, I don't. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunate, <laughs> but eh, it is what it is. Just uh, uh, be one with the spirit of MLK Day and protest uh, on MLK Day so that you can get it off eventually. Hmm. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. You think? Yeah. Okay, Brad, how's it going? Dude, I'm doing great. I played golf uh, yesterday, shot my best round in probably like four or five years. I shot at 80 even at two birdies. Um, I had two doubles or I had three doubles, but two of them were due to hitting balls into a hazard. So easily could have been lower. But uh, that's one off my best score ever at 79. So I was pumped with that. And man, dude, I'm excited to talk about baseball. Like, I feel like this break has like given me the energy I needed to talk about baseball maybe it also has to do with the raiders being eliminated but i'm just (laughs) pumped to be here and man it's definitely good we took a break because it has been a very slow off season so this gave us so stuff to talk about yeah we talked about there being a lot of news to cover that's like it was this wouldn't talk for six weeks we even talked in like a month and a half so (laughs) (laughs) that's That's probably why yeah uh but i've been good as well just been (laughs) going going through life uh uh, enjoying the job, enjoying my winter break, of course, as a teacher as well. Oh, yeah. So that was nice. That. I uh, uh, another fun fact: I got proposed to. I had already oh. proposed to my fiance, but very well, like mm-hmm. early on in a relationship, the very first time we started talking about marriage, she like to what I perceived very seriously was like, "Yeah, and I want to propose. I want to be the one to propose to you." 
And I was like a little taken aback by that. And then it took me a while and I was like, well, yeah, it's okay. She could propose me. Why not? And then as like a year ago, when we really started talking about it more, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, we want to get married. So all you have to do is propose me now. And she was like, no, I don't want to propose. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you told me you want to propose. She's like, yeah, I was just joking, dude. I was messing around with you. And I was like, I don't know about that. But uh, so, yeah, I ended up proposing. But I said, I want you to propose to me, too, though. So I finally did. And it was great. Did you get Uh, taken to somewhere fancy? We um, went to a it wasn't at the concert, but Father John Misty, who is an artist. Just in the crowd. That would have been hilarious. (laughs) It would have been hilarious and the least fancy thing of all time. (laughs) That's what would have made it so much funnier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went to, he had a solo show in beautiful Carmel. It was just him and a guitar and he was very important to the beginning of our relationship. So, uh, just a very fun evening all around. And then after we, we, we spent the weekend out in Carmel and just kind of low key and just a little proposal in the hotel is, is very fun. Nice. I'll clap for that. I'll clap for that. Uh, (laughs) funny story that has to do with that. Uh, my uncle actually made his wife propose to him. <laughs> love it because that uh, the oakland he, fan uncle no 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 he's actually oh, yeah. not an uncle the oakland fan but oh. no this uncle's my dad's brother and uh he had been married twice before and he's like i don't really need to get married again so if you want to get married you have to propose to me <laughs> <laughs> which is just hilarious that's a good move that's a good move <laughs> that's funny. yeah if if i ever have to get married a third time maybe i'll use it mm-hmm. <laughs> so that does not happen but go on yeah I was going to say, do we want to check in with how we're feeling about our teams or do you want to hop into some big, I mean, some big, wait, wait, I'll I'll actually start with this because my team's probably had the best off season of all three of ours. Oh yeah. Giants fans are ready to burn down the stadium. (laughs) I think that is a good way to start off with how we feel about our three teams. Uh, Yes. The Giants have been the most active between the Giants, Blue Jays and Red Sox, but, uh, there's still a lot of holes in the roster and a lot of questions to be answered before the season. Like, okay, we signed Jung Ho Lee. We have our opening day center fielder. Uh, we signed uh, a move we'll talk about later in Jordan Hicks. Uh, we signed a reliever to be a starter. So that's wonderful. And we've traded for Robbie Ray, who won't play till the All-Star break. <laughs> so, I mean, great moves when you look at them from the outside point. Like, I like all of them. But um, for a 500 team, you cannot say that's enough to change anything. Or I shouldn't say change anything, but change much. But I'm hopeful. Uh, yeah. Which one of you guys would like to go next? <laughs> I mean, just just sort of off that, like you look at those moves and you're like, yeah, that's great. That makes you competitive if you, the Dodgers don't exist. Who are you talking about? The Giants. Where you're like, oh. oh, that might make us competitive. No, I, I we're understand you're in... talking about the Giants. Yeah. But who's that other team you mentioned? Yeah, yeah, the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't recognize the, that the team bill, name. Yeah, the billion-dollar team this offseason. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who they are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I'm just is, refusing to. That's certainly a coping them. mechanism. Maybe yeah. I'll have yeah, to use no. that one. Yeah. I mean, there's only four teams in our division, so <laughs> yeah, I really, like the Giants. Off. So weird that the MLB did yeah. that. It's really <laughs> strange. MLB legit actually did that. Uh, yeah, multiple. So that's crazy to think about. They so did. Yeah, because uh, it was Houston. Was uh, yeah, Houston was yeah. 
And they're like, wait, what if we just put them in the AL West? Hey, wait a minute. What if we like (laughs) didn't have this weird, dumb like (laughs) (laughs) setup and we made it actually even? Um, You deserve a raise. What a concept. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the the Blue Jays, it's been Mm. it's been rough. For uh, for the Jays this off season, they have definitely not made the moves that I would have liked them to make. Uh, I I must say this may come from a place of ignorance. Have the Blue Jays made a move? So yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, technically, they've made two moves this <laughs> entire off season. Well, so they well, re- one of them is a legit move. One, one of them, them is a legit move. move one of them opinion. is a re-signing. So they re-signed Kevin Kiermaier, which I like. Okay, this well, was no, that, that, that was neat. that's what I have as the legit move. Oh, like oh. that. Like he was. <laughs> I mean, he was good offensively. He was, and he's just, an elite he is center an, fielder. He is an elite is center he, fielder. However, I'm disappointed they think... only signed him for a year. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I, I kind of really he was going to be back, so maybe that's why. I just assumed he'd be back, so I think that's why that one didn't really hit me. But what's the other move? The other move. Uh, put on the seatbelt, Brian. Is the, gonna... Oh, I'm locked in. I'm ready for Do this. Do you not know this move? Do you not know that this happened? He does. I... He'll remember it. He'll remember uh, it. I might, I'll probably know it. I just forgot. Well, uh, Toronto Blue Jay, Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> But why of though? Of course, he's going to play center field with Jeremiah in left. But, but why though? <laughs> um, I mean, the he, Jays... he's the Whit Merrifield replacement, which I hate because he's like half the player of Whit Merrifield. Um, he's also probably half the price. So if they make another move, I mean, they what? Hold on, let me find like... out exactly what they paid for him. They're paying him two years, fifteen million, so seven and a half. Yeah. Which with Merrifield will probably get like Merrifield will probably get more. The reason I'm so Um, about it is because yes, it seems like it's going to be a replacement and a straight up downgrade. Um, But also, he just he's just in an unnecessary addition to a Blue Jays depth room that already has so many flex positions. Like, wait, here here's my question though. Yeah. Um, who's your guy's third baseman right now? If it's not Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman is still a free agent. So if yes, the Jays I, re-sign Matt Chapman, it's Matt that's, Chapman. That's why I said if they do not, there's a lot of teams talking to Matt. Chapman, it is Kevin so Biggio. Most but you likely. think it's Biggio over IKF? Because we have yes. to remember, I, IKF has a Gold Glove at third. Yeah, like, the dude's a legit third baseman. Yes, he's also a legit offensive liability. I mean. <laughs> I, feel like that's I, mean a, that's, I feel like that's a little harsh. He I feel is like worse. He is harsh. worse at the plate than Kevin Biggio. But yeah, also a different um, profile where he they're, is making they're more totally different. And, they are and a different better yes. at bats. Sure, they're a different profile. But also the other thing is Cavan's a lefty, which helps a lot. Um, yeah, you need Cavan. Like, it's funny to think about it, but Cavan Biggio is is just a better player. Like, and the, they're pretty comparable. Like I'm like pulling up their their stats. IKF's been in the league since 2018. He has accrued 3.8 WAR for Fangraphs. Kevin Biggio, noted backup, who's been in the league since 2019, has 6.1. Yeah. Like he's just a better player, and so Kevin will probably I... be the third baseman, um, because Davis Schneider is gonna probably lock down second, and so the reason hey, that I'm ready to huh. 
I feel like IKF signing is them being scared of David Schneider not being able to lock it down. Maybe, but like, okay. But that brings up the other problem, which is they have Santiago Espinal, who is your other flex, really good defensive infielder. Yeah. And Espinal's played all over the place. And they have a top prospect who's an infield prospect in Otto Lopez, who can play short and second. And so yeah, you've already it. got so much infield flexibility that this move is just like, why? So, they, so you're kind of saying they believe in him as an outfielder. Which is terrifying to me. But, that, but that's essentially what you're saying, though, right? No, I'm, no, I'm saying that I don't know why they did this. <laughs> I'm saying that, oh, okay. to that's me, fair. on paper, this is nothing. This is IKF does not do anything on this team. And that's why I'm like, why? (laughs) Because your outfield is already going to be your everyday outfield is pretty much guaranteed to be Varsho Springer Kiermaier. You're not putting IKF over any of those three. So unless one of them's taking a day off, he's just going to be an ultra utility guy is what you're saying. Yeah. And we already have two of them. An insurance policy for Schneider as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an insurance and he's, and he's, but that's the thing. He's, he's filling a role that Santiago Espinal already fills. Well, maybe we'll see how long Santiago Espinal's on the team. Which, then, if Santiago Espinal becomes a trade target or something, then okay. Maybe something funky goes there. I don't know. It's super I mean, funky. Yeah. I, I just, I, I guess I'm also just extra like, ugh about this pickup. Because it's all they've done. Yeah. Please. No, I, I think I think if you, make an, else. if you make another move, you're not really upset about it. It's just because in I'm, isolation, you look am, at it and yeah. you're like, what? If, yeah, if yeah. something, if it's something we're like, oh, the Jays also end up with, you know, re-signing Matt Chapman and they pick up Cody Bellinger, then I'm like, okay, yeah, who cares? <laughs> like, all right, sick. We yeah. made good moves. Um, it's the fact that all they've done is re-sign Kevin Kiermaier, which is an absolute no-brainer. Um, and pick up a utility piece who's going to sit on the bench the whole season. Am, am I wrong, or is Cody Bellinger like a weird roster fit for the Blue Jays? Like, yeah, I know he's a left-handed bat that they need. So, well, like, and now that you got Kiermaier, it's kind of weird too. Yeah. But yes, I guess I think just first base DH, him and Vlad. That is, yeah. So, me some days off. Yes, you may hate me saying this, but. Based on the roster moves they've made, it kind of sounds like they're not in on Bellinger or Chapman. I don't know. I'm going to get Otto. So, the, well, but uh, Noah, you bring up kind of why, Brian, you said Belly's a weird uh, sort of fit. He would fill yeah. almost the exact same role that Brandon Belt did with the addition of being able to play outfield. But he, if could, you're, give Springer, you're not pay- he could give Springer or Vladdy days off. Yeah, Yes, I get what you're saying, but like you're not paying Bellinger the Bellinger money to just be a guy to give people days off. No, yeah, like, yeah, but a big part of that yeah. money is his defensive ability, right? Yeah, like he's a Gold Glove first baseman and he's like a really good outfielder. Like you're not paying that much money for him just to be a rotate. Like obviously sure. he's going to be in the lineup regardless. Then but at like, that point, what you end up doing is it turn it it you sort of flip you it the DH other Vladdy? way. You DH Vlad. Okay. And now it's flipped the other way, where Vladdy is giving Bellinger days off. Yeah, I or think if, you know, if or, they or, sign Bellinger, that has to be the route. Yeah, in my eyes. or and let's be yeah. honest, George Springer's on their team. He's yeah, he he's going to play maybe a <laughs> well, maybe a DH, but he's also 
yeah. maybe going to play like, you know, maybe 140, <laughs> but maybe 120, even like 100 games type stuff. He played 100. And, and he was, honestly, he, he played 154 last year. I know. So, and that was when, that was great. When, yeah. But yeah, I know he's getting when older. he played more games for the Houston Astros, he did mix in a lot of DH days. Yes. He's, so maybe he, that's something they're trying to get back to is more Springer DH days to keep him out of the outfield and hopefully keep him healthier. He mixed in DH days uh, this last year as well. Not nearly as much, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Bellinger, I think, is not as funky of a fit as 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 you think. Um, OK, but um. Either way, Bellinger, Bellinger's dude. There's a this is a really weird offseason because like there's five of the top ten free agents still out there. I think they're all Scott Boris. At least three of them are Chapman, Scott Boris, Bellinger, Scott Boris. Snell is not Scott Boris. Not sure. No, I'm, I know those three are. I think and technically like, Jordan Montgomery. I don't know if he's. I don't know who his agent is. Yeah, but he's one of the top five. No clue. Jordan Montgomery agent. I don't think he's Scott Boris though. Oh, he is Scott Boris. There you go. <laughs> Dude, that is insane. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of moves still to be made. Um, but yeah, current 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 offseason grade for the Jays, not great. Pretty pretty disappointing. Um for, I, I think we've for pretty a team much... that is supposed to be such oh, a postseason threat. Um yeah. Hey, at least your team is not going full throttle. Yeah, <laughs> because Noah's team is out here going full <laughs> throttle and I'm just loving to see it. So, Noah, why don't you break down the madness of the full throttle Red Sox? Yeah, um, it's been funny <laughs> because uh, to speak candidly and openly, I did lose a lot of interest for the Red Sox near the end of the year last year. Oof. Right? Uh, like, it's funny, like looking at some of these players, it's like, oh, yeah. Sedan Rafael, I got game time last year. Um, Will you Abreu got game time last year, but I didn't really watch them at all. Like I just, I lost interest. Uh, and uh, there's just other exciting baseball going on. As a on. Raider fan, I can relate. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> and uh, and now you're well, you're a Lions fan now. Um, oh yeah, go Lions. Yeah, go. Lions. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it was just tough and. Uh, I've been actually kind of having fun recently. I've been uh, just kind of being more in the Red Sox world, listening to um, the name redacted podcast, uh, Jared Carabas's uh, Red Sox podcast. So just being more in the know, listening to him and people like Lou Merloni, Tyler Milliken talk about the Red Sox. It's been fun. But then also just like hearing about the state of the Red Sox is really just horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I've been, I don't know, I am really excited about baseball this season but i don't know about the red sox just because when you hear about fenway sports group and it seems like their main interest is to accumulate as many sports franchises as possible right now and become like the overlords of the universe <laughs> um and just that desire to win a championship in boston is just evidently not there anymore um I mean, the full throttle thing is just obviously embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, it is, so I do think it is hilarious too. I'm going to keep <laughs> saying it. Um, but as an organization, it's totally embarrassing because it's like, okay, 100%. <laughs> what does full throttle mean if you are not going crazy for Otani? It means or Chris Flexen. Yamamoto. 
No, <laughs> it means I don't, trading. I think Verdugo. that's incorrect. I think Flexen is incorrect. I see that on the Fangraphs thing, but I looked it up and I don't see anything where it says he's on the Red Sox. So, um, I don't think. Ooh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe Flexen's out there. Maybe. But, uh, but I yeah, that's what but, yeah. I saw on Fangraphs as well. Is like, yeah, it says he's there. Oh, yeah. Wikipedia says he pitches for the White Sox. So yeah, I think maybe they did, the to it. they did a Sox swap there. Um, that's funny. But yeah, it's just it's just like ugly that they basically it seems like they told Teoscar Hernandez like look we'll make a legit offer for you we just need to shed some more payroll and it's like you're oh. already way under the CBT <laughs> and guess what like uh. you could make a move now and then shed Kenley Jansen if you need to shed other payroll um, so I mean it's just at this point they're gonna. I mean, they there might be a big trade out there for a cease for a Lazardo for uh, Burns. That would be great, obviously. But they're going to be making small moves uh, to prepare for this next wave: the Casas, the Rafaela, the the Bayo, the Marcelo Mayer. Um, that that, and it's 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 just not acceptable, and they it's are embarrassing. A big market team acting like a small market team. Illegit and yeah. agents are complaining about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Breslow. I hope that he does well in his role with the enormous limitations that he and Heim Bloom also had. Uh, but like, it kind of shows you the direction of the team when it's like not even their like third or fourth choice. Uh, to be their president of baseball ops is the person that accepts it because I just don't think there's a lot of other people that are willing to accept those limitations that the Red Sox are putting on them uh, and it's just so weird because it's like 2018 literally had the highest payroll in baseball win like 118 games including the World Series and then it's just like you know what we're good for now you know <laughs> and uh, and you know this ownership group will and should go down as boston legends for everything they did but it's just that energy to win a championship is not there anymore their interest is elsewhere um and that's frustrating now that being said there are some moves that i like um lucas giolito's in uh for the two years and i just listened to a podcast with him and i just absolutely loved his mindset i'm so excited to watch him now just talking about how he's like, you know what? Every go, every year, my goal is 200 innings because he, he's like, if I get to that number, I'm doing something good. So, and just all the little things he's working out, uh, working at with um, Andrew Bailey, it sounds awesome. And I Andrew do really Bailey like is so good too. Yeah, I, he and Lucas Giolito has said amazing things about him already. So yeah. I'm really uh, excited he's from the uh, Giants. I he is a key part in like a lot of the giants pitchers who had success. Andrew Bailey is that guy. Sorry yeah. I'm, <laughs> no worries. I'm just really excited to see, you know, some, you know, see Casas hopefully continue to be awesome. Uh, and then pitchers take steps forward. And, and I do like the, um, the Von Grisham move as well. I think getting, you know, shortstops, second base. I mean, uh, yeah, short. I mean, second base, Locked down for the next few years. And uh, yeah, I just think uh, there's some stuff that will be fun, but overall, it's just like, it's really deflating what the Red Sox ownership is doing. 
Um, but there are some little bright spots, but it's just it's just rough. And especially because you like there would definitely be, you know, pitchforks and all that stuff right now without the full throttle comments. <laughs> but <laughs> the full throttle comments are so fun though. Doing uh. saying you're going to go full throttle and then getting Lucas Giolito and trading away a World <laughs> Series hero, Chris Sale. Uh, and then, yeah, missing out on Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Yamamoto, and Otani. And then, by the way, the big winter weekend meeting that uh, happens, uh, they announced there's going to be no town hall event where ownership and GM meet and take questions from fans uh, because they did that last year. And guess what? They just like basically got booed the whole time. Uh, and they decided they didn't want to take ownership for anything they did. So must not be the fans that, that are wrong. It's not our decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Haim, I guess, said after that, he said, you know what? Uh, if one day when we, when we win a World Series, we want to be out here and celebrate with all you fans, we got to listen to when we make mistakes and you're mad at us. And it's like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. But then they're like, Let's get rid of Haim and then not do this anymore. <laughs> Dude. So something I want to talk about that you hit on is the 200 innings thing being a goal for Giolito. I think it's so weird how like 200 innings has the like thought process it does when like it's not a thing really anymore. Like how many guys do you guys think pitched 200 innings last year? Like four, two, five did. So it's more yeah. than you guys thought. But, like, my dad, like, when I was talking to him about it, we had a long conversation about this, and he was like, oh, the Giants just need to bring in more 200-inning guys. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, I was like, we had Logan Webb, who led the league in pit innings pitched with 216. Like, I love that. Yeah. But, like, dude, like, <laughs> I was like, if you bring in, if you have five starters who throw 140 innings, you're happy. No, yeah, but I just love <laughs> like, to hear... My no, I love that mindset. saying I yeah. want 200 innings because I just no. I know there's you know just like the whole George Kirby thing that happened mm -hmm. at the end of last year where it's like I want my guys to want to go deep want the ball and understand that I don't know it's just just the way he talked in that interview was so awesome uh, yeah and just got me fired up for him uh, so. I fully understand what you're going at I just was more talking about it as a broad thing. Uh, I mean, dude, I have Logan Webb on my team. He led the league in innings pitch last year. Logan Webb is an absolute dog. It's fun watching him pitch all those innings. It's a great time. It just like it in this modern baseball era, two hundred innings is just not what it used to be. <laughs> like I would say, what is what is so from like thirty years ago, or not even thirty years ago, twenty years ago, year two thousand, twenty five years ago. Well, that's ninety nine nine. My math isn't working right now, but uh. What was 200 innings now then is probably what 155, 160 now. Mm. Like how many guys were throwing 200 innings back there? I actually want to look at this now. I'm going down rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh -oh. I mean, it's probably somewhere similar. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you know your your innings pitch leaders in 2004 were. Uh, up at the like two thirty innings or something. Okay, two thousand four. I'm here. Yeah, two. See how. Or I thought you were doing two thousand, but two thousand four. I said two thousand four because that's a clean twenty years ago. 
Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked if you've got guys at 230, 240. Probably a bunch of them. While Brian gets to 2004, I will say 2000 was 251 innings pitched the leader. Uh, some guy named Lieber on the on the hmm. Cubs. Let's see. But Let's I'm more on. looking how many guys threw 200. So yeah. in 2004, there was where is it? 42 guys that threw 200 innings, and <laughs> I think that was about the same as 160 last year. Yeah. So like, you do really have to like re. I mean, for my dad, it's just a completely different game than what he's watched the majority of his life. Sure. So it's weird. But, um, okay, let's talk about free agency because a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah, the big one. Or you could talk about the big one first. Talk about innings pitched. Wonder how many innings pitched this guy will will throw. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 12 years. $325 $325 million to the Los Angeles Dodgers. As soon as the Shohei contract news came out, I, like the first thing I think I saw on this podcast was, with this contract, they're going to go for Yamamoto and Soto. And obviously, Soto would be next offseason. We'll see. But they got Yamamoto, uh, electric arm, and I mean, 12 years for, I mean, a, but a young stud. Most money ever for a starting pitcher, correct? Um, yes. I believe well, so. Um, sure. There's an asterisk there because technically Otani is a starting pitcher. <laughs> so, is a yeah. pitcher. There is an asterisk there, but uh, for a starting pitcher only, yes. Yeah. That's funny. Shohei will forever have the record for yeah. basically everything <laughs> for yeah, everyday I mean, player, ridiculous. for pitcher, for DH, for yeah, it's yeah. funny. Absurd. Um, like, Imagine telling your kid about Otani, though, when you can tell your kid about the big gum. Can't be me. Can't relate. <laughs> oh, coping the gum coping mechanism. Uh, Adam, tell me what you think about Yamamoto. To, to uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's uh, the Dodgers have pretty much fully committed to just spending a billion dollars, uh, quite literally a billion dollars, um, and. Uh, yeah, they they full send on on one of the best pitchers that uh, that was on the market, but whether already in the in the in the majors or or elsewhere, and um, boy, that's a the scary Dodgers team, man. That's uh, real, real, real spooky. Because um, he'll he'll probably be one or two in that rotation, depending on where you it- think. Um, and if they resign Kershaw, yeah, well, depending which on probably if they is going to happen, <laughs> resign Kershaw and where you think Glass now is going to be, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Is like talking about Yamamoto. We skipped over the other, the first pitcher move the Dodgers made, which we haven't talked about in the podcast. Is they traded for Glass now and signed him to a five year deal. So yeah, which... that Dodgers rotation right now, you got Walker Bueller, you got Glass now, you have Yamamoto. Otani's I mean, a year away. Otani's a year away. Kershaw. Bobby still Miller was insane. Bobby but, Miller was insane last year. Yeah, Bobby Miller had a good coming out, at least towards the end of the season. His postseason, not nearly as good. But you also got to remember, this is a Dodgers team that still has Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. Yep. Just yeah. hurt. And Dustin you May, are... when he's healthy, granted he's never healthy, but Dustin May, when he's healthy, is one of the most electric pitchers in the league. And Tony Gonsolin gets it done just as good. 
Um, I mean, they're going to have six, seven, like one, two rotation level talents. Yeah, imagine if they, they sign uh, Kershaw, which some people are saying it might be like a mid-year signing just to pre prevent, yeah, or preserve his arm a little bit. But you're a hitter, and one night you're trying to hit Tyler Glasnow's curveball, and the next night you're trying to hit Clayton Kershaw's curveball. It's like, it's just yeah. ridiculous. And then, the, and then the next night, it's Dusted May. <laughs> and that like reverse slider of a two seamer that goes like a hundred and one. Oh, and speaking like, uh, thank goodness my team doesn't have to play them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd be crazy if they're an actual team. That's uh but I heard Eno Saris, who is a bit of a pitching guru and a very fun uh, voice to listen to on a podcast, talk about Yamamoto and just the way his fastball is and basically his splitter is just immediately going to be one of the best splitters in baseball is what people say. Uh, and then he said, yeah, just mad imagine like Kevin Gosman, but then with also an elite curveball. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah. okay. And then he has like two more pitches too, that he'll flip in there too. But just like, oh my gosh, like I love watching Kevin Gosman and I think he's great. And then just also adding like, a really legit curveball as well. Oh my god! Imagine having Kevin Gosman want to play for your team and just not resign him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, I mean, while we're talking about the Dodgers, let's just get all the news out of the way. They also get T. Oscar Hernandez because why not? Uh, yeah, and they really want to make sure I hate myself. Boy, they paid a lot <laughs> for him too. <laughs> But when yeah, you're the Dodgers, it doesn't matter. You you know no. what's crazy? They signed him to a one-year, twenty-three and a half million dollar contract. It's deferred. And I'm pretty sure some of it's deferred. Like no, most of, yeah. of it's yeah. most, most of it's deferred. Bro. It's deferred like, like ten what, years. What are we doing? What are we doing here? And guess what? The Red Sox yeah, were eight like, and a half of it's you... deferred. The Red Sox were like, we could give you like uh, two years for like five more million total. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> five more million total than the Dodgers said, something like that. I, I have the oh. breakdown here. Hernandez is getting 23 and a half for the contract he signed. Yeah. Eight and a half of it's deferred to be paid off between the years of 2030 and 2039. Yeah. They're taking what, nine yeah. years to pay off eight and a half. Like, bro, this deferring stuff is just absurd. I hate it. Yeah. Teo, I hate every... it now, but when the Dodgers are in year 2036 and they have no money because half their roster is being spent on money, who guys who played in 2020 will be hilarious. But yeah, he's like in 2030, starting in 2030, I'm gonna go on a baller vacation every year that's just paid with my Dude. deferred money. <laughs> have you heard the thing that the Dodgers ownership? They're like, they're just deferring all this money, so when it gets like 2034 and their team's not good anymore, they're just gonna sell the team, and it's gonna yeah. be whoever buys the team's problem. I was like, <laughs> if the ownership group actually does that, that would be absurd. Someone <laughs> just, else's I issue defer now. Defer all this money, then sell it to like a Steve Cohen who wants to buy the Dodgers. So he just has funny. a dumb amount of money and he pays for all the contracts. Like, bro, why not? Be... Oh, dude, the Dodgers aren't a real team. Yeah, I mean, it's it is a crazy, crazy just strategy. I mean, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they're just trading away uh, on another thing with the Dodgers, the other move they've made. They traded away their number two prospect for and a reliever for two more teenage prospects. They're like, well, we don't even need our top prospect. We'll just give them away for some teenagers. It's yeah. just absurd. Yeah, I mean, 
even you know get get some more in the farm system at that point <laughs> yeah okay well but, i'm a, i'm a i'm kind of going down in chronological order i'm done talking about the dodgers so the oldest move we haven't talked about is jack flaherty to the detroit tigers kind of replacing eduardo rodriguez in the spot in the rotation there yep uh i like jack flaherty he had some good years with the cardinals definitely needs to uh it's a good one year deal for him because like he'll have a good year and maybe re-enter the market and be able to sign a contract next year, which honestly for his sake I hope happens. I, I feel like this is a win-win uh, signing for both the player and the team. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean the Detroit overall pitching staff. I know Kenta Maeda joined in on him uh, as well this off season. Oh, I had um, no clue Kenta Maeda was there. <laughs> yeah, uh, he uh, he was one of the first moves. The and, Tigers uh, are a weird team, man. They're a super funky team. I don't know how I feel about them. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's wild to consider that they were second place in that division. Granted, yeah, they had that division place. sucked, <laughs> and they were a 78-win team. Hey, they did have a good place. second half. No, they had a good second half, and they, they have, have a lot of... Old. I didn't watch any of it. I'm not going to lie. No, they had a good second <laughs> half because they they had a they had you know some of the, the the young kids were were getting some stuff done. They've got some some definite talent in there that uh, that can work out well for them. But yeah, weird team. Some good locker room guys. Good locker room yeah. guys. Good yeah. locker room guy Javier Baez. Oh, have we downgraded by Javi to a locker room? <laughs> <laughs> I really Dude, uh, I don't know. that that contract is absurd. That but uh, staying in the AL Central. The Kansas City Royals. They've been now that's a they, team that's gone been, full throttle. They, I want to stick with Jack Flaherty for, for a moment. Okay. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. In the moment, I was immediately like, okay, why can't the Red Sox do that? And then uh-huh. don't get me wrong, I like and the Giolito signing, but it's basically just a one year deal too, because if he performs, he has to opt out and he's gone. So I mean, I was hoping that the them being out on the Flaherty was like, okay, we're going to get one or two guys that are going to be with Bayo in the rotation for a few years. But they really didn't do that. And it's like, why could, like, I don't know. There's some guys, obviously Flaherty, and really two guys on the Royals, which you're about to get to, where it's like, mm-hmm. why couldn't the Red Sox be in on those guys? But yeah, go for it. Yeah, Can't no, you- I was going to say, like, the Royals are, they saw an opportunity where, like, hey, this division, Kind of sucks. sucks. Kind of up for grabs. Beans. Like we don't have a lot of money, but we think we have enough money to win this division. And you and, and you know they're what? going for it. They're uh, yeah. I, I mean, so in chronological the, order, the two moves I was going to mention right here is Michael Waka, two years, thirty-two million, and Hunter Renfro, two years, thirteen million, with an opt-out after one. The Hunter Renfro, two years, thirteen million. That just feels like an absolute steal. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Michael Walker, two years, 32. I mean, dude, that gives you a stud veteran. Like, is Michael Walker going to win a Cy Young? Probably eh, not. Yes. Probably not. But not is Michael Walker going to go out there and give you a bunch of, like, solid innings every day? Especially yeah. in that giant outfield in Kansas yeah, City. Dude, He's just going to win And, so, and dude, yeah. But also just I mean, talking about them bringing in Waka and Lugo, both being, you know, veterans for yep. a guy like Cole Reagans, who, you know, young guys, this was this last season was his first full season um, in the Royals rotation. And then 
Brady Singer, and suddenly you've got, you've got a pretty decent rotation in Kansas City. Yeah. Hey, dude, I I like. I mean, assuming there's only 29 teams in MLB, which there is, Kansas City Royals have to be in the conversation for the best offseason. Ooh. And yes, the Dodgers I'll as an organization. To, I'll have to think a little more on that if we're if we're if we're not counting the Dodgers of who I they're would not give a, that. They're not a real team. Of who I would give that award to. Because yeah, I, they're, they're in the bad. conversation. They're, I'm not they're saying they there. are. Yeah. But they're in the conversation. Like, I'm not saying they've spent the most money because Obviously, they haven't. they haven't. But like, <laughs> if you're talking about quality moves and truly making your team better, the Royals have to be in that conversation. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. So, yeah, if I'm a Royals fan, I'm very happy with this offseason. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about the Royals before I go to the next move? I mean, uh, are you going in chronological order? Or are we just going to? I was just I was going to go chronological. But if you guys want to go off of that, we can. Well, I was just going to say also some bullpen guys will smith oh yeah chris stratton as well so yeah yeah. i mean uh yeah yeah some solid bullpen guys as well no i think that's good and when we talk about the team we can hit on other moves we make that's fine uh so next up i have is the diamondbacks bringing back lourdes guriel jr three years 42 million a move that i think a lot of people us kind of included didn't think the diamondbacks were going to be willing to make and I'm glad they're willing. Maybe I should say me. I didn't know if they'd be willing to spend the money. I shouldn't throw you guys into that <laughs> opinion as well. well but uh, I, I didn't think they were going to spend the money on Guriel to bring him back. And three years, 42, like, for a team like the Diamondbacks, yeah, that's not, like, nothing. That's a good amount of money. But, like, dude, the season they had last year, like, if you didn't bring him back, you're just not doing, like, you're not doing right by your team. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I just heard everyone being like, well, Guriel's going to go somewhere else. And I was just always like, well, why? And yeah. I get it. Clearly with... the Diamondbacks thought the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Like, I think <laughs> people were like, well, they're because they're going to get a pitcher and they can't do a pitcher and Guriel. Yeah. And yeah, and they did. So <laughs> good for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but I, I love, love it. it for Guriel. Uh, took a step forward defensively last year, too. And it was just a huge part of that team and their good energy. And I think um, they were good and then bad and then got hot at the right time. And I think this year, they, there's definitely good potential for them to just kind of be more of a sustained good team with a lot of those uh, those pieces that are new or pieces that have developed. It's going to be uh, fun to watch them battle for the division with the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> and for don't sure. forget the Rockies, bro. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say the Padres. They'll be around. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rockies, the Rockies. Bro. Oh, but uh, next up on my list, Andrew McCutcheon, one-year deal back to Pittsburgh. It That's phenomenal. Yeah. He needs one more home run to reach 300. Rooting oh, for yeah. that. Hopefully, it happens soon. Get it done. But uh, dude, Andrew McCutcheon, he's such a stud, and just what he means to the city of Pittsburgh and what he's done since going back there on this like second time around being there. It's just incredible. I love that he's there, and I love that he's staying. And I love that even though they aren't good and he could be a contributing member of a better team, he's like, no, this is where I belong. And yeah. I love that. No, it's good stuff. Um, I just hope, what's his name? Oh, I just hope Zach Hample doesn't catch his 300th oh. home run. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>. yeah. <laughs> You, you know what I really hope for the Pirates? I hope O'Neill Cruz comes back healthy and dominates. 
Yeah, that's what I, I want. I want Pittsburgh to match what they did at the start of last season. Yeah, and like I'm, actually O'Neal put Cruz it has together. To but yes, that's fun. <laughs> oh my gosh! So just the freaking Pirates. It started with a sweep in Boston and the hype video. Uh, it was an awesome hype video, but it was just like okay. But then the Red Sox did recover and got in contention, and then yeah. this ownership decided to cheap out. But I just remember being like, okay. Well, the pirates are destroying us. So <laughs> that's where mm-hmm. we're at. Great. <laughs> Love this. Love this for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, next up, I have the Mets adding Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor from the Brewers as the Brewers just continue to Dude. be a Can... very confusing organization. Such a confusing team. <laughs> uh, yeah. But good for the Mets acquiring another pitcher. Yeah. Mets just done a lot of solid stuff where but obviously with the where they are at with the luxury tax they're paying a lot uh not only that but adding uh you know not flashy but solid pieces in harrison bader and sean manaya um and then a big reclamation project in luis severino as well so that'd be hilarious if severino and bader (laughs) just pop off that would be awesome uh, yeah, I just and dude, Manaya's kind of sneaky because like he got off to a really bad start with the Giants, but that second half of the year he had for the Giants was so underrated. The dude turned yeah. into an absolute stud. A lot of it was out of the bullpen. I'm assuming the Mets are bringing him into the rotation, which Manaya did get back into the Giants' rotation and had some good starts. So I'm rooting for Manaya. I hope he continues to put it together. Yeah, well, we were talking about Andrew Bailey earlier. Didn't he help him yes. get like a sweeper or something like yes, that? Yes, Andrew Bailey definitely helped his uh, pitch makes. Uh, I believe he added more of a uh, more lateral movement on his slider, which is the sweeper. <laughs> just a slider. <laughs> yeah. I refuse. To, just a slider with more. Literally, it just has more lateral movement, less drop. Yep. That's the only difference. Um, the next move that I find very interesting, the Padres have made a couple moves. And this one is left-handed reliever Yuki Matsui. I believe he's from Japan. Japan. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then they also followed that up with signing a Korean reliever as well, right? Yes. 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 So the Padres have signed a Japanese <laughs> and a Korean reliever who are pretty much going to be a big piece of the back end of their bullpen. Yeah, I was like waiting for you to try and pronounce... Uh... You don't want to. I, I couldn't find his name. I, I will give Honestly, it to you. It's I'm Us- scrolling and it's, I can't find it. It's Gol Usop. When they sign yeah. it, I cannot uh, find it on my list. So, so yeah, Usop. ESPN does not find it. Yeah, so, Usop, uh, he'll he'll be he'll be an interesting one. Um, I think I the can't Jap- I can't think of another like KBO sort of relief armor really pitcher and general that's that's come over and done that's come over and and done relief stuff there's been a couple couple of starters that like there's a couple americans that went and pitched out there and come back i feel yeah well there's there's been a couple of korean starters that have that have come over but it's pretty rare for relief pitchers mostly just because in the mlb relief pitchers tend to be your higher velos your sort of your much more overpowering stuff and that tends to Mm -hmm. not be what you get um in Korean or, or or Japanese leagues. So an interesting one for sure. But dude's dude's pretty dang good. So we'll, uh, yeah, I mean we'll it's see. it's very interesting. I, the Padres are in a really weird spot. Uh I mean turning the back end of their bullpen over to two 
new pitchers to the Major League Baseball is definitely interesting. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I wish them both the well, both the best, both well. I don't know what I was saying there, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting what the Padres are this year. I feel like they're in a really weird point with their organization. Yeah. Well, we just talked about them back to back. Nonstop baseball podcast recently posted on Twitter for the first time Ooh. in five years. <laughs> and it was a poll. Who do you think will have a better 2024, the Padres or the Mets? So obviously the offseason is not over, but I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Two teams that were all the rage going into 2023 and were both very disappointing. So let's let's see what happens in 2024. What do you guys think? Man, that's so tough. It's uh it like are we picking who to have the better record? Is that what we're doing? Or bet is it like better record or more likely to have a season deemed a success? I think that yeah, I think that it's probably I guess a mix of both, right? I mean they're both coming from the depths of being pretty severely underperforming teams, right? Yeah, it just like when I look at it is like the state the Padres are in compared to the Mets. Sure. The Mets are much more financially involved at this current spot because the Padres have moved off of Juan Soto. Yes. And the Padres, I feel like, are more likely to have a season that's deemed a success than the Mets, but I think the Mets are more likely to have the better record. That's probably fair. I think the... I think... I think the Padres having kept most of man having kept most of what of what made their offense work obviously still losing mm-hmm. soto um, I mean, dude, you, you still expect, have tatis you, machado tatis, like, well and yeah. and that's a trio right there in in mm-hmm. tatis Sandra better Bogarts than most teams trios <laughs> better than most mm-hmm. teams top trios but also a trio that pretty severely underperformed last year and you would yeah. think would not do that again um you know, it's, I, I... I, I don't know if I can fully get on board with saying they severely underperformed. Like, yeah, I guess I the Padres team was so weird last year. They were a funky they team. A lot of individual success. They were a funky team. I, well, yeah. I would say, I would say Bogarts under underperformed uh, Bo- pretty badly. Yeah. Tatis underperformed pretty badly compared. Really? I feel like Tatis... oh god, comparatively, oh absolutely. Well, he was platinum glove though. He was, he was platinum, platinum glove defensively. Though. Yes. But Tatis's offense took a pretty massive dive. Okay, yeah, yeah it was in the sevens, right? I mean, coming off a year where you didn't play, though, like I no. feel like that had to be expected. Yes, yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that that some of that, yeah, coming off of a, of a pretty incredible year in 2021, and then not playing at all in 2022, a little bit expected. But Machado's offense took a pretty pretty bad hit as well, and okay, Xander Bogarts. I'm, I'm way off declined a little bit too so you could scratch what i said then Um. yeah they definitely dove pretty hard so that trio i think i don't expect them to have a repeat of that i think that they they should be a lot better but i i do otherwise agree kind of with what you said brian which is i think that the padres are probably more likely to have a season that would be deemed successful and the mets are more likely to probably just have a better record Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the best way to sit at with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's good. I like the Padres lineup better, uh, but 
I like the Mets rotation better. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, I, yeah, I totally agree. The Mets, the yeah. Mets I mean, rotation, especially if if Sean Mania picks up where he left off last season, and if Severino can go back to 2017 or something, like <laughs> you have Quintana who is still a heck of an arm, and Kodai Senga who was awesome last year. Dude, Seng- there's a chance Senga could win a Cy Senga was awesome. He like he could very likely be in the Cy Young conversation. Absolutely could. Um, yeah, so Kodai Senga is your ace and the rest of that rotation being what it is. Yeah, that's that's a rotation that the floor probably pretty low, to be fair. Um, but the ceiling of that rotation is really, really good. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you guys want to say about that before the next move? Not for those two, I don't think. Well, um, we got to talk about America's team making an addition. The Seattle Mariners right. signed Mitch Garver to a two-year, $24 million contract. Uh, I would assume this is more of a move for a DH than a catcher. Yes, and I yes. believe that's been stated. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Cal um, Raleigh's going to still be here every day. Yeah. Mitch no. Garver at this point in his career is not really as a, a catcher. catcher. Not as <laughs> a catcher. He's just a DH. <laughs> And I think he's been pretty outspoken about, like, I'll catch if I needed to. Like, he'll be the backup catcher. Yep. Because the backup catcher for the Mariners signed with the Giants, Tom Murphy. Uh, I believe that's on this list, but the Giants got a new backup catcher ending Joey Bart's uh, tenure with the Giants, pretty much. it's He's still on the roster, but he's not going to be on the opening day roster, and he has no more options. So Joey yeah. Bart will likely be gone from the Giants, um, which is sad, man. Yeah, that's a sad note. I'll talk a, about that after super... that. Let's talk about Mitch Carver first, though. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch Carver adds another bat to Seattle. Um, this is kind of like the move they made last year for Josh Bell. They're looking for that DH. Uh, the search continues. That was and the Guardians it's... that got Josh Bell. I am yep. way off. What am I they talking about? They got Teoscar Hernandez last year. They got Teoscar Hernandez last year. Who Someone was not a DH. He was a full-time right fielder. <laughs> I am a lost cause out here. Um <laughs> Who they replaced yeah, with Mitch, Mitch Haniger <laughs> this year. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. But um, yeah, so the Mariners add Mitch Garver. Cool. Good for him. Uh, I Personally, that doesn't move the needle much for me on the Seattle Mariners stock. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But it's just kind of the Mariners are still the Mariners because of this signing to me. They got two Mitches I mean, now, though. That's pretty great. Yeah. Love that. You did Mitch. add a 270 average and... 870 OPS last year to the middle of the year lineup though. So yeah, no, this is fair. This is fair. I do enjoy I, that. And I do like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of complaint around Seattle. It's like, Oh, they don't want to spend. They don't want to spend, but also like they did trade for Luis Castillo and then yeah. sign him to that big contract. They did sign Robbie Ray to Cy, a uh, former Cy Young winner. And obviously oh, he's gone now. Oh, oh Robbie Ray. Yeah. yeah, Robbie Ray it's, gone. It's, it's time to talk Giants? No. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Oh, okay. You got uh, and then they did do the super extension to Julio. So, like, they've added big pieces. Mm-hmm. This lineup is great, especially with those additions of Luke Rayleigh, who I, was really awesome last year. Ryan loves him some Luke Rayleigh. Uh, yeah, Mitch Hanniger is back. my guy. The Mitch Garver, Luis Urias, I think will be solid. And we'll see what Josh Rojas does, but... I think now it's like obviously trade deadline comes around. This is a team that should add, uh, do little things like that. But I think at this point, it's like, look, we got the players. You just gotta go. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta yeah. do something now. Yeah. 
They are I'm they are the not a bad team. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I am the president of the Luke Rayleigh fan club. Uh, the dude's a stud. How many fan clubs are you a president of, my guy? A lot. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> the Josh um, Bell <laughs> Seattle DH fan yeah, club. Yeah. The... <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Shout out Josh Bell to his Seattle tenure. Uh, mm-hmm. Only I remember it. We um, did see him play baseball in Seattle. We did that. We did oh, see we, that. We did. That is true. Maybe, maybe that's why that happened. But uh, <laughs> Luke Rayleigh last year played Sorry. 118 games for the Rays, 824 OPS, 19 home runs, 14 stolen bases. I feel like he had a super like quiet season. Like nobody, like if I told you Luke Rayleigh had an 824 OPS playing some outfield and first base with. 13 stolen bases and 19 home runs you guys are 14 stolen bases you guys probably would think i'm crazy like <laughs> no I, yeah, yeah it's coming straight from yeah. the mouth from the luke Rayleigh fan club i'd believe yeah. it yeah exactly <laughs> don't <I'll>, doubt me <laughs> yeah like i said i do really like these pieces and the, the lineup yeah. i think is better than last year for sure and i mean uh, especially when you add mitch Haniger, who yeah. like if he finds it like find what he had in seattle like clearly he was comfortable enough there to have some all-star seasons there uh, if he can get back to that form, stay healthy, which has always been the thing about Mitch Haniger. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, even that trade, like, so I guess uh, since I brought it up, uh, Robbie Ray was traded to the San Francisco Giants for Mitch Haniger and Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Disclafani. I don't know why I struggled saying Anthony there. Um, dude, Disco's a solid add to your bullpen. I mean, your bullpen. Oh, what am I doing? A solid add to your rotation. <laughs> He can play both. Uh, and where's he now? Where is he now? Disco? Didn't he get flipped? No, he nope. did not. There was talk about him maybe getting flipped, but it ended Hasn't up being happened. us. They they thought well, they thought it was part of the Luke Rayleigh trade, but it wasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just like a mess up in reporting or whatever. But um so well, right now Disco... it does have him in the 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 bullpen because of just where they're at. But I don't know I mean, about that. He's not gonna be a bullpen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think gonna he's a, gonna yeah. be a bullpen arm. He'll uh, he'll be rotation. I mean I, it I in modern day baseball it's good to have six seven MLB starters because oh, 100%. injuries. So well, Disco is mean, a guy. Sometimes not even injuries. Sometimes just you know you get yeah, Alex Manoa every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, and it really helps but, uh, to have a sixth guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, Disclafani. Like, if you go back to 2021, the magical season the Giants had in that year, Disco pitched 167 innings to a 3-1 ERA. Like, the dude was absolutely insane. I mean, he found I, something with his slider. I feel like... he was like, throwing for strikes. I feel like marking anything off the 2021 Giants is <laughs> fake. I don't think you're allowed to do that. That, seems, that team was, was not real. That, te- <laughs> that team was fake. <laughs> dude, I, I honestly, like... I watched the Giants win three World Series, and that, that team season might be my favorite season. That team, like, that, team that team made so much fun. No sense. <laughs> That's what made it so much fun to watch. But it I mean, granted, that was kind sense. of the Giants' mo. But no, Disco Fani sure. was absolutely insane. Twenty twenty two, he had to get hip surgery, missed pretty much the whole year. Twenty twenty three, he came back. He, you could tell he wasn't fully healthy from the surgery. So, like, I feel like this is, is his first year being fully healthy since that magical 2021 season. So, I mean, dude, there's a world. It's not like Disco was a bad pitcher before coming to the Giants. He put up some really good years before with the Reds. So, like, 
I, he's a really good number four, number five guy in your rotation. Like, I will never be mad about Disco being the four or five guy in my rotation. Yeah. Problem with the Giants last year is he kind of had to be the number two, number three, or number three, number two at time. And yeah. he's just not that guy. But as your number four, number five, Disco's a solid veteran to have in that rotation. Yeah, and I mean, that's firmly where he'll be in Seattle. He's not over yeah. a Luis Castillo, no, sure. Logan Gilbert, George Kirby trio. Yeah. That's not happening. Exactly. But he's a veteran presence at the back end of the rotation who, yeah, he may not throw a no hitter every day, but he's also not going to lose you the game every day. And that's kind of what you're going to ask for from your four or five pitch starter. Um, Also, we're just talking about Seattle brought up Josh Bell and the DH. And I just had a really fun time looking back on the 2023 season. Now it is like really funny that we saw opening day, Cleveland versus Seattle, and we're like, God damn, we gotta get to that. <laughs> this is the battle of America's team. And this then, is where we gotta go. And then also, I mean, we watched Robbie Ray throw his last pitch as a mariner. <laughs> yeah, we lo- we yeah. watched it in person. It was it was sad for sure. But, yeah, I mean, also we're just try- we just wanted to get to beautiful Seattle, but it's great. Yeah, no, no apologies. No that was the battle for America's team, and it, but it's just hilarious. <laughs> Just like, uh, no, yeah, just imagining someone else hearing about how like we <laughs> needed to get to see Cleveland versus. Yeah. We, we looked yeah, at dude. opening day schedule and we were like, oh, that's the one that is where we're going. Is, in. Like literally there wasn't any other debate. There was there no was other no consideration. There was no <laughs> argument. We were just all unanimously like, that's right, the one. That's the series. That's where we're going. <laughs> that is the way. Like it wasn't. I don't even think there was a conversation. I think we no. saw the schedule and we were all just like, "Oh, we're going." Right? Oh yeah, we're going to Seattle. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> hey, it was an amazing trip, though. Well worth it. It was a great uh, time. Well, now I'm going to go into the other side of that trade. Robbie Ray going to the San Francisco Giants, dude. I think this trade is like has the potential to be an amazing win-win trade, unlike we've seen. I mean, we've seen win-win trades, but it's been it has potential to be really good. Like the Giants, they they wanted to move off of Disco. You kind of felt that at the end of the last year, and it was just time to go a different direction. Mitch Hanniger, they signed him to a three-year deal. It didn't work out, uh, or it didn't work out the first year. He was injured a lot, and now with them signing Jung Ho Lee, there was kind of a log jam in the outfield so they had to move someone and it was probably going to be either mitch hanniger or michael conforto they chose to stick with michael conforto which personally i think is very fair conforto had a better year last year uh conforto's the lefty bat i just i think conforto fits the giants better than mitch hanniger right now and he's healthier in general so the money is similar between robbie ray and hanniger and disco it just works out for both sides. The Giants get their number two for Logan Webb. Yes, he won't be back till All-Star break. Yeah. But, dude, and that's the other thing that sucks for the Giants. Alex Cobb, who's your number three, he's also going to miss the first, like, two months of the season because he had hip surgery in the offseason. So, well, I mean, that's sort of the reason why your other addition for the Giants in Jordan Hicks yes. is kind of super is important. Because and even, that's why it's terrifying, though. <laughs> well, sure. But also, like, even if Jordan Hicks, who has very limited starting experience, even if mm-hmm. he burns out by All-Star break, you've got other guys. Now you have your yeah, Robbie no, Ray exactly. to bring in and fill the rotation out. And Alex I, I think I think that's how they kind of pitched it to Jordan Hicks is like, look, 
we have space in our rotation opening day. We will, they're going to give him like, because last time Hicks got the starting opportunity in St. Louis, it was kind of last minute. They didn't build him up in spring training. Yes. So they were building up during the season and it just didn't go well. The Giants are probably telling him, look, come into spring training. We'll build you up as a starter. Alex Cobb and Robbie Ray won't be back till, I mean, I think Cobb's supposed to be back like a, a month earlier than Robbie Ray, but like they're not coming back till later. We'll build you up as a starter, give you every chance to take the job. And guess what? If he takes the job, I mean, depending how well he's doing, he's probably your number four starter. You go Webb, Robbie Ray, Cobb, Hicks, which if Hicks is doing good, that's great. If he does better, maybe he moves up in that order. Who knows? But Jordan Hicks is 27 years old. Like, he still has a lot of time to figure it out. I mean, I, I told you guys I thought he was more like 29, 30. I was kind of surprised to find out he's 27. But if he burns out as a starter, you have an insane reliever who's like proven to be good at. Like if the Giants can go a seventh, eighth inning of Jordan Hicks, Tyler Rogers, Camilo Duvall, that is absolutely hilarious. Disgusting. Hundred mile, hundred mile per hour fastball, seventy miles a marine to hundred mile per hour fastball, absolutely yeah. disgusting. And it makes a lot of games six innings. So like worst case scenario, it doesn't work out with him as a starter. I shouldn't say this is worst case scenario, but like. Say it doesn't work out for him as a starter. You add another elite bullpen arm. Okay, yeah. great. And eleven million a year if he's just an elite bullpen arm, you're okay with that. Yeah. Totally. Eleven million for four totally years as a starter? Ridiculous. So I think that was a insanely good deal by the Giants. I really do. Now my worry of the deal is Cobb and Ray are hurt day one. So yeah. right now you're starting rotation. Is Logan? Let me see what Fangraphs has. Because Fangraphs has it: Logan Webb, Ross Stripling, mm-hmm. Kyle Harrison, okay. Jordan Hicks, Keaton Wynn. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Tristan Beck will probably Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck will probably have a minor league battle for that last spot. I also could see them signing another starter and Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck kind of just being AAA arms. Who, I mean, they both had uh, they pitched in the majors last year. It was their first year for both of them. They both had some really good moments. They both had some really bad moments. Yeah. They both show a lot of potential. Uh, Keaton Wynn has a nasty splitter. Tristan Beck has a really good sweeper uh, slider, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I really like the potential in both those guys, but like, it's really scary relying on either of them to be your number five starter. Uh, Ross Stripling oh, is a guy. Love that guy. Uh Ross Stripling is a guy, question mark. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't think Ross Stripling... I think Ross Stripling is probably going in fighting for a number four spot in the rotation. I think right now, Logan Webb's obviously locked in opening day. Uh, Jordan Hicks is locked in. Kyle Harrison, I would say, is locked in. I mean, he's your best prospect. He had some amazing starts last year. Those three are locked in as starting pitchers. If Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck pitch phenomenally in spring training and show up looking like a guy and Ross Stripling doesn't show up looking good, I think there's a very likely situation you do not see Stripling in the opening day rotation. Yeah, I mean, that's probably um, fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how much the Giants necessarily wanted him to return because <laughs> they signed <laughs> Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling to very similar contracts. They were two-year contracts with an opt-out after year one. And I think they were kind of, I don't know. Ross Stripling, 
he made some comments about the Giants last year where it didn't sound like he wanted to be there, so it was very odd he didn't choose to opt out, but obviously money talks. Um, he's getting like, I don't know, $10 million or something, $14 million maybe. Yeah, whatever his deal was. What, whatever it was. But like, obviously it was enough amount of money where he didn't opt out because he was horrible last year. Um, he was hopefully not last year... horrible last year. <laughs> he wasn't good. But a five, uh, like, look, an ERA north of five is a five three six is not good. It's also not like abysmal. Ross Stripling made me want to gouge my eyes out every time I had to watch him pitch. Um, <laughs> I was not a Ross Stripling fan last year. <laughs> Dude, Love that guy. It, it's just like. Love that guy. He gave up so many home runs last year, which was so confusing because that was like his whole thing he doesn't do. <laughs> Yeah, no, like that's he, not totally guy, true. Okay, that was what he like, didn't do. He it's what he didn't do the year prior in Toronto, but yes. he gave up actually pretty no, like eh. over his career, right? Over his career. Well, just, over over his first tenure to in a, Toronto, it was similar enough going to a field like Oracle. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't give up. Yeah. As many it, it was Ross Tripling was very frustrating to watch, but Ross Tripling also has probably more potential than most of the pitchers in the Giants rotation, not named Logan Webb or, and Kyle Harrison. Kyle Harrison has so much potential. I've been talking about Kyle Harrison literally since the beginning of this podcast, him and Joey. Bart. Also Jordan Hicks. You got Jordan know. Hicks has a ton of potential. So the, I think, I think Logan Webb, Jordan Hicks, Kyle Harrison of your healthy starting pitchers are your top three right now. Robbie Ray, Alex That's Cobb, obviously. obviously they're, and your top three went healthy, but right now they're not healthy. Yep. Um, I, I, I like the situation the Giants rotation is in, though. Yeah. I, like, it could be worse. It's not bad. Like, if Ross Stripling's your four with how I've laid it out, Jordan Hicks is your three. Jordan Hicks is a massive wild card. <laughs> like, it's either going to work or it's not. I, yeah, I feel like a wild no card. A wild card is a starter for sure. Yes, yes, as a starter. It, he's either going to work as a starter or he's not, and he'll either end up in the bullpen really quickly or not and then you have guys and also another thing they might do the giants have been king piggyback starters like we're gonna throw one guy for three four innings and another guy for three four innings sure like that's what they did all last year with stripling Manaya, keaton keaton win tristan beck all those guys were part of it sean jelly will get in the mix they're probably gonna do that with jordan hicks too i wouldn't be shocked if to start the year he's only throwing four innings of start you're both long relievers. It's just one of you happens to start the game. Yeah, exactly. And like Kyle Harrison, they don't really have him pitching deep into games yet because Kyle Harrison tends to throw a lot of pitches, kind of like a Blake Snell who throws a ton of pitches. When Blake Snell was young, he got pulled from games early a lot. Uh, that's kind of where Kyle Harrison's at right now. I'm not saying Kyle Harrison's going to become Blake Snell, but if he does, I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, the Giants are in a very interesting spot. They kind of need another starter, but signing another starter does create... Like, if you sign another starter, it helps you opening day, but once Ray and Cobb get healthy, it could put you in a weird situation. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like if I was a Giants fan, I'd be fine with where the rotation is at right now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with the rotation. Giants fans on Twitter are just angry and want Blake Snell, but yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. Um, well, let's... I, I think the... Yeah. Giants are more likely to sign a Cody Bellinger or a Matt Chapman. I think Matt Chapman to the Giants is, I mean, I've been, I think I said this on our last podcast. I think Matt Chapman to the Giants is almost a lock. We'll see. And we'll see. I, 
yeah. Either way, but, there were uh, two, there were two other major pitching signings that we do, we should yeah. talk about instead yeah. of another. We got to we got to stop with the Giants eventually. <laughs> you want me to keep talking? I no. didn't give my Giants spiel at the beginning. You guys gave the spiel in your team. I went quick with the Giants, and then you guys went in depth with your team, and I was like, "What?" Well, <laughs> and before before we get into the bigger names, another Bay Area former Bay Area legend, former Oakland A legend. Uh, Frankie Montas signing with Ooh. the Reds one year and like 18 million a year. Yeah. Or 16 million a year. And like, obviously, last year was what it was for, for the Yankees, but Montas, I mean, on the A's was was really good, That's you know? And obviously, uh, in Cincinnati is not Oakland in terms of home run being hit at that ballpark, but yeah. um, I think that's, I mean, that's going to be good for them. And who else do they get? They got. That was a great signing for oh, them. They got Nick Montas. Martinez too. Nick Martinez yeah. too. Uh, so yeah, they have some, you know, not in, well, Montas is definitely, there's a, a pretty good ceiling there, um, but they have some more capable starting pitchers in the rotation to pair with mm-hmm. those three young studs, which are hopefully yeah. going to take a step forward. So just yeah, wanted to shout out. I mean, and the Reds were one of the most exciting teams last year. So that freaking yeah. Montas deal, I mean, it's scary. We haven't seen him pitch in a little bit. Um, but if he's healthy, that's a huge win for the Reds. I feel like they definitely could have gotten him cheaper if they weren't the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> Probably. Next. But uh, hey, it works out. Yeah. Um, anyway, we had one other big overseas signing. Cubs picked up Shota Imanaga. Um, he kind of somewhat out of nowhere but also seemed like he just wanted to play for the cubs which was kind of cool um had his had his presser and was immediately hitting him with with a go hub go cubs go um so love that for for the cubbies um the, the I, contract he got was interesting yeah, yeah it is a funky deal frustrating one for the red Sox too um <laughs> yeah four year 53 million dollar deal um in, you know, with a bunch of like extra things that that uh, give the give the Cubs some options to extend it, um, at a couple different points, it's a little bit of a weird one, but I like it for the Cubs. Um, I mean, how could you not? I think Cubs get another yeah good pitcher well, to was... replace the one that they lost. Um, it's I guess the other the only Ooh. other big uh signing of the off season, which was uh. Stroman to the Yankees, but Strowman. we'll keep we'll keep going to with uh, Imanaga if you had something else about it. Yeah, well, it's just because I mean I was kind of out uh, on Imanaga for the Red Sox just because I was hearing what some of the people were saying about him about all the home runs he was giving up in the MPB and all that stuff and like talks that it might be like a hundred million on that deal. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't want a hundred mil for like a guy that his ceiling seems like a three. Uh, but now you throw out this deal and it's like, wait, if that's the deal, like, <laughs> let yeah. me think about wait, that wait a minute. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, why weren't the Red Sox in on this guy? I mean, maybe they're just totally out on his arsenal and that's fair. But I, I don't know. I'm just like looking at those numbers. I was like, wait, when you, I was hearing these things, so I was out. But now I'm like, I would have taken him for that for sure. Th- this signing was very interesting because usually the media is like under evaluating the deal players get. And for, Im- how do you say his last name? Imanaga? Imanaga. 
Imanaga. For Imanaga, it was the opposite. Like, a lot of people were hyping him up, like, oh, he's going to get, like, a pretty good deal, blah, blah. And then instead of getting money like a number two, number three guy in the rotation, which I think was kind of expected, he got money of a number four or number five guy. Yeah. And I think that really showed the difference between, like, what the industry thought of him and what uh, media thought of him. But, like, if you looked at the, like, from the WBC last year, I think it was, like, the Stuff Plus number, he was number one. Nasty. Like ahead of Yamamoto, ahead of Otani, ahead of all these other guys. Yeah, his strikeout the numbers yeah. in the MPB last year were better than Yamamoto's. And yeah, so like yeah. it's very interesting though. Like with all these like high numbers, like those great WBC numbers, the high strikeout numbers last year, he still only got number four, number five guy money. Uh, I hope it works out for the Cubs. It pairs him up with uh, on my book, Suzuki. Just. Oh, say a oh, Suzuki yeah. in the outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talking about yeah. Japanese. Yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about, like, yeah, it bears him with another Japanese player, which I think is interesting because, like, I think for a long time there was kind of, like, uh, you never really saw multiple Japanese players play on the same team yeah. with each other. But now you have the Dodgers with Otani and Yamamoto. You have the Cubs with Suzuki and Imanaga. Mm-hmm. It's very cool to see, like, the guys, like, gravitating towards playing with each other. I think that's dope. Yeah. I don't know. There's like these weird reports, which were, I mean, seemed like the modern era of people just saying things because they, yeah, it's like a hunch. They're like, yeah, Japanese players don't like playing on the same team as each other. And it's like, like they want to huh? be the guy. It's, it's like, like, what? No. <laughs> what are you talking Like, yeah. It's just there isn't a super large amount of Japanese players in baseball. Yeah. So yeah. And they're trying to get the most money, all that stuff. But it's like, you know, in the past, there was Uihara and Tozawa on the Red Sox. I know yeah. that's obviously not a super duo or anything. Sure. But uh, but yeah, I was just like, that makes no sense to me. Especially like, I'm obviously very limited on my knowledge of Japanese culture. But the little bit that I do, I was like, that doesn't seem that like... That would not track. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I can't imagine that tracks. Because yeah, then you've you also got like the Padres have... Um, Yuki Matsui to join you Darvish. Oh yeah. Um and then obviously uh uh Usoko to uh join Hasung Kim. There's also some rumors that Hasung Kim might get traded. Which is wild and I think would be so stupid. Um which I would I would I, be so <laughs> mad at San Diego if they do that. You know who Hasung Kim you know who, with that. You know Hasung awesome. Kim's best friend is? It's a Yunko Kim. Just throwing that out there. Giants need a shortstop. Uh, if I they traded so him in angry. division, that would be insane. Uh, that Why would, would you be, be angry at him going to the Giants? Because I want him on the Padres. That dude he wants to Hassan, you in San Diego. Ha- Hassan Kim has like so you want me to be miserable. Hassan Kim has so like no comment. He's just so, <laughs> oh man, that dude is that dude is has embraced that San Diego vibe so well and has just become their guy. That if ownership got rid of him for any reason other than okay. something like okay, astronomically meaningful, I'd be so angry. I do not think it's fair to say Hassan Kim is the Padres guy when Fernando Tatis and Machado their vibes are the guy? Padres guy. Yeah, he's their vibes guy. Oh. Yeah, but like you don't he's their, he's change their vibes your roster guy. construction. You don't change don't, your yeah, roster you do. construction for yeah, a you vibe do. guy. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you, do okay. you absolutely oh, should. Wait, wait, wait. Are you kidding wait, wait. me? Yeah, you should. I, I am now on board with the Hassan Kim trade because I want it to happen just so we can talk to our dear friend Kyle and ask <laughs> what hurt more, 
trading Juan Soto <laughs> or legendary vibes guy Hassan. <laughs> Look, man, you gotta have gotta the bring vibes back, guy. Bring back another Padres interview of Adrian. Oh my god. My favorite part of that interview was still after where he's like, you can't actually believe in the Giants, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the only other but major move that uh, that I think... Hassan Kim really to the Giants. Good. Yeah, God, I would actually... Why? Why don't you want to see Young Ho Kim and Hassan Kim play together? It's not Wait, that I don't Young want to see them... <laughs> the Young wow, Ho this dude doesn't hey, even know. You Come said on, that, man. and I was like... That's not his name. Young Hokim, is that like a... Is that I the... said it, and I was like, that's wrong. No. Nope. That's their best It's not name. that I don't want to see them play <laughs> their together. friendship name. Yeah, it's not that I don't want to see... It's not it, It's. It's not that I'm like, oh, I would hate seeing them play together. It's that I don't like the idea of the Padres getting rid of him. Well, now I hope the Giants sign Chapman and Hassan Kim, so you're just extra sad. That would make me pretty sad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in other moves that make me a little bit sad, because I like Marcus Stroman... Um, he's now a Yankee. It just feels gross. Okay, I love Marcus Stroman. I'm also the noted uh, Yankee fan on this podcast, I guess, because which you is too gross. Really hate the Yankees. I'm I'm not a fan of the Yankees, Ew. but I just don't hate them like you guys do. I have other uh, evil empires to hate. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like some non-existent team in LA. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there's there actually isn't a baseball team in LA. How strange. Yeah, I know. Either of them. Uh, neither neither of, them of them exist. Did. Neither of those old LA teams exist. Very, different, very different reasons. For very different reasons. Entirely different reasons. But it's so strange that Manfred pulled uh, so, pulled LA teams out. Huh. Yeah, he was just like, we actually don't like the city of LA. Yeah, in fact, we're going to make both of the West Division's four teams. Yeah, exactly. And they'll just, the Angels and Dodgers will only play each other. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that is probably an Angel fan's like nightmare. You guys can play each other until you decide which of you is actually an LA team and which of you has to go somewhere else. The Dodgers either have to go back to Brooklyn or the Angels have to finally accept that they don't <laughs> that they don't actually deserve to be called the LA Angels and they have to go back to Anaheim. One of you has to leave. Anyway, Stroman to the Anyways, Yankees. Stroman as a player. Yes. Like st strictly on the field. Perfect fit. Yeah. Stroman, the personality, I don't know. Like, yes, he played with the Mets, but I don't know. Wait, he played with the Mets, right? Yeah, he played with yeah, the Mets. And there was a lot of reports that he hated the media yeah, when he, he was hated it. Yeah. And guess what Yankee Yankee media is worse than the Mets. And guess who's also, like, talked a lot of crap about the Yankees, the Yankees on Twitter? Marcus uh, Stroman. Marcus <laughs> Stroman. I mean, Stroman yeah, that, came up. That's whatever. Stroman like, came the up. Talking crap doesn't bother me. Yeah, either. for sure. Stroman came up as a Blue Jay, and yeah. I loved it. Like, Stroman yeah. was awesome. He was absolutely that guy. As far as like also hating the Yankees, <laughs> and it was, and uh, you know, I love that for him. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. Stylistically, as far as what the what the Yankees need and what would fit for him, it makes total sense. Um. But yeah, personality clash is going to be so interesting. <laughs> it 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 will be fine until he has a bad start. Yeah, maybe. Like, as soon as that bad start, like, yeah. dude, I think Strowman's like, he'll take the media on good starts. He'll be whatever. But as soon as like, if he has a blow up start or if he has a couple like bad starts in a row, like it, it will be very interesting. I can't wait to see him fight back against the media. 
Yeah. It's going to be no. great. But Marcus Stroman, the player, he fits exactly what the Yankees need. Yeah. yeah he's I mean, healthy. Absolutely. He's consistent. <laughs> well, absolutely fell apart at the second half of last year. Yeah, but I, was gonna like, say, I don't know about consistency. Yeah. The well, first I think he months, was just not invested. Like, well, I and he was, I think there's an injury problem too, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. those first three months, he was like legit, like the front runner for the NL Cy Young. So, yeah, he was yeah. incredible. And that's so weird because, like, the Cubs were actually good in the second half last year. But, like, I, there was definitely something that happened. You could tell he just wasn't invested. And, like, Stroman is definitely like a, he needs that, to be that in person it. You want to find a, I mean, what do you want to be in if you're not in a playoff race? That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I like it for the Yankees. I like it for Stroman. It'll be interesting how it all works out. Yeah, the off the field is going to be the most interesting part of that entire situation. But I mean, for the money, it's a great deal. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Other than that, I, I wish uh, he would have signed with the Giants because uh, he's noted to loving the San Francisco Giants. And yeah, just to say. Would I, that would have been great. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, because the Yankees apparently were talking to Jordan Hicks and the Giants were talking to Strowman, and then somehow the Yankees end up with Strowman and the Giants end up with Hicks. Uh, why couldn't between the, the two, though? Which, what were you going to say? Why couldn't the Orioles do that? Wouldn't that be an awesome move for the Dude, Orioles? Strowman to the Strowman? Orioles would have been Orioles so would've, good. Would've that would have been, been perfect. Good. That would have been perfect because that replaces Kyle Gibson. Yeah. yeah. They still haven't replaced Kyle Gibson. Are the Orioles going to... Fangraphs Orioles. I'm going to be mad at the Orioles. The Orioles have not done much, if you're wondering on that. Well, I know they're not doing much, but like they needed that veteran in the rotation. Yeah, no, they don't have Greg Kimbrell. Yeah, he's going to start. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I, John Means is the veteran in that bullpen, that rotation. Yeah, which is not he, ideal. Dude, they need to sign someone. Like Snow? You talk about. Dude, they're not doing that. They're not signing. You talk like about Red Sox being. <laughs> Uh, it's just a saddening ownership to hear from. Baltimore is a saddening ownership. Go for it. This is your window. Everyone's controllable, legit. Like sign, like there's (laughs) Blake Snell three years, a hundred mil. Why not? (laughs) That would be. I, I, you know what? I'm so hot on that idea. Do that. I mean, like three years, a hundred mil. Like straight up. Give just bankroll him for if that's what it takes, dude. Like just go hard for short term. Give Snell bank to just win you a World Series. Yeah, bro. Actually, looking at the, the I'm here for it, dude. I'm. I mean, so even, if not, even if it's How not, even if it's not, they not signed a starter. Yeah, even if it's not Snell, like there's other good starters. Like, dude, get Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> like, they're they're not gonna spend that money, dude. Montgomery, I mean, money. All right, then get Brandon Woodruff, James Paxton. Well, James Woodruff yeah, is going to be a uh, Woodruff what is, is going to be rehabbing all year, basically. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, most he? of it. Mm, that mo- no, you're right. Woodruff has Giants written all over it. There's nothing more than the Giants. Yeah, you love know who's got acquiring you know, someone who's not going to play for a year? Nah, dude. You know who's got Giants written all over him? Rich Hill. <laughs> no. Oh, Old no, man, baby. Old man signing. Let's no. go. Rich Hill does not have the Giants MO like at all. It's just the way he pitches is not what the Giants. No, that's true. Necessarily, like, that part's true. 
Yeah, but Woodruff, uh, like Woodruff, project yeah. a guy. I mean, dude, they signed Luke Jackson last year, who couldn't play for half the year, but was a good reliever. Finally, comes back, barely played. And then this year they go out and a, their big move was acquiring Robbie Ray, who can't play till the All Star break. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's just that's the Giants' mo. <laughs> what a weird. Team. Also, Corbin Burns needs to get traded. Yeah, he does. You know who else does not deserve the Brewers? Christian Yelich. The Brewers do not deserve Christian Yelich. He needs to get traded. What are the Brewers doing? I don't know. Sad, Brewers are a dude, weird, the, a weird, weird team. The Brewers are making me angry. Yeah. In a and different like, way than the A's. And yet, yeah. like, and yet they won the division last year. And, and they're just blowing it up. They don't care. Like, who knows? If they might even it. still win that horrible division. And they might season. still, yeah, and they might still win it. They will still inexplicably dude, I mean, get 90 wins. Right okay. now, they still have hot, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns. Hot take. Uh, and Wade Miles. You guys ready for this hot take? Sure. MLB needs to adopt the NBA way of doing things. You have the AL, you have the NL, just like you have the East and the West. Sure. The top whatever teams. In oh, the, you just want to get rid of divisions. I want to get rid of divisions. East, West. Dude, the Central in both leagues is just pathetic. Oh, yeah. Like it needs to be I, punished for. It. They're sad. It, they do, dude. No, it they sucks. Do. Like no, if you're fair. in the if you're in the East Division or the West Division, you have a way harder chance of making the playoffs. And the Centrals are just like we're broke. We're not going to spend money, and it's just ruining the game of baseball. I think we it just really need to is. delete Middle America. Yeah. Hear that, Brett? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> delete Middle America. Coastals only. <laughs> We gotta tell him to listen to this episode. Now. Clearly, clearly, the that's the that's the problem, dude. It and baseball, it's bad right now. Like it, no, you could no, not I tell me agree. MLB would be it's... a better product if there was AL, NL, and the top like how many teams make the playoffs now? Is, is it too many? Uh... Still, no, I'm just kidding. It's not that many. It's like because what you have the division winners, you have and then division you have winners, and then two you wild have cards, three. Three wild cards, so six so teams six. from each. Yeah. So if you did the AL, NL, and top six from each made the playoffs, it would be a better product than what we're getting right now. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, the only thing that that would have changed this year would have been Seattle in instead of Minnesota. W in the AL, which Duh. yeah, arguably a W, uh, and it wouldn't Duh. have changed anything in the NL. Okay, fair. Doesn't change much, and it makes for a better product. Run it. So, I mean, I don't know. Sure, I, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, that being said, like, uh, it is still pathetic, you know, that yeah. uh, that you had teams like, uh... <laughs> yeah, Detroit was second place. That's wild. That's just so. The funny. Reds have been so bad that they won like. They won like five games in a row, and there's dancing in the streets. Like, okay, they won more than five. <laughs> they won in a more row, than five. <laughs> yeah, but there's dancing <laughs> in the streets, so they won five. But I mean, just think about it. What was their final record? <laughs> eighty-two and eighty. They were a five hundred team. They were better than five hundred. 
Valids, go for it, Cincinnati. Well, let's Come talk on. about that one month when the Reds were insane. For the Reds were <laughs> arguably, the, yeah, the hottest team in baseball. Dude. Literally, that, the yeah. Giants were the second hottest team in baseball, and nobody cared because the Reds were so hot. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Oh, man. Well, this was a really fun podcast, boys. Oh, yeah. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? I got nothing else. Nah, we'll what, be back What, what about some deep feelings? <laughs> Okay. My deep uh, feelings are that see what I got. Here. The Blue Jays need to win, man. They need to do something. Wait, a baseball team's supposed to win? Last hoorah for the old Jays. It's Dude. well, because it's it's gonna it's gonna get scary for the Jays roster wise if they if aren't the Giants succeeding. Yeah, that's fair. If the Giants don't sign Chapman or uh, Bellinger, I'm gonna jump off a bridge. You've had a good okay. off season. That can't break you. I think it can. Uh, Look at also, the last so, two off so I, I think the Giants have had a good off season. Giants fans on Twitter are ready to implode. And it's like, you guys have to realize a bunch of the top guys haven't signed and the Giants have spent the like third most money this off season. Second most. It's either uh, third or second. Somewhere up there. No, they're literally because they're they're one of like three teams to sign a hundred million dollar uh, nine figure deal. It's only the Phillies, Giants, and Dodgers. Nobody else has signed a nine figure deal this offseason. Yeah. And I mean, yes, yours is on a foreign baseball player in Young Ho Lee, which you don't know what you're going to get, but they still did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love that for them. You know, and we love that for them. Hey, they're trying. About- they're trying out here. How about uh, we. And on this, not that the Blue Jays will have to choose necessarily, but if Bo you Bichette. had to choose, yeah, Brian, Bobochet or Vlad Jr. Who? How old are each? Are they the same age? Forty-five. Uh, mm, yeah, forty-five. I think I'd rather have Vlad at forty-five than Bobochet. <laughs> no, <laughs> Vlad is <laughs> Vlad is a little younger. Vlad's, I think, about a year younger. Look. I think in terms of roster construction, Bo Bichette goes farther. Yes. But I think in terms of importance to the team, and I mean, Vlad is... The thing is, it, this is interesting. Bo Bichette, I think, is more likely to stay a Blue Jay. I could see Vlad leaving more than I could see Bo Bichette leaving. But I feel like... Vlad is the guy you have to pay more than Boba Shet. I think Does that, that make any sense. What I just I said. I think that you overrate Vlad and underrate Bo. No, Boba Shet's amazing. I think I think Boba Shet's the guy they should keep. Yes, hundred percent. But Bo has I think done. Vlad is the name. That's I Boba Shet's the guy they should keep between the two. Yes, Vlad is the name. I would and say Vlad, Vlad is, is the ticket seller. And I think Vlad, Vlad is... is the name right now. Though Bo's been kind of like sneakily He's good. promoted, Bo, Bo like has been getting sneaky. Bo has been getting a lot more media attention, and Bo has been straight up the better player. Yeah, no. Outside Bo, of it, outside of 2021, Bo has been just look, better. You look at replacement level shortstop and replacement level first baseman. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a way more. It's important not even. It's not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Vlad is, yeah, you, you, will, you will get a much more reasonable replacement for Guerrero than you will for Bo Bichette, yeah. both offensively and defensively. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, no, yeah. Vlad, so, you have to keep Bo Bichette, but... 
I would love to keep both. You know, well, obviously, in a perfect world. In a yeah. perfect world, I'm keeping both. Yeah, um, and but, in a reasonable Blue Jays world, we keep both. But, you know. I, I feel like it's kind of becoming an either-or type of thing, though. Unless uh, you win the World Series. I mean, I think... Or unless you make a good playoff run. I shouldn't the, say you have to win the World Series. I but. think I think that with the way that the Jays have been, and maybe this is me, you know, think copium, um, but the Jays ownership group is stupid rich. They're dummy rich. They're one of the richest okay, ownership okay. groups in the entire MLB. And I think... Yeah, and so is the A's. So no, that not... Rich. Yes, but the difference is that the... The Jays haven't been bottom feeders forever. They just haven't been <laughs> yes, I understand. the very top spenders. The yes. Jays have that capability, though. And there is 100% a world where their roster construction starts to be over the tax. And they start to go, no, we need to actually pay multiple superstar caliber players um, superstar caliber money to win. Especially in a division like the AL East. And that is an ownership group that has spent a decent amount of money recently, more so than they have historically um, with, you know, stuff like the Springer signing. Um, and I think that there is a world where both Bichette and Guerrero are on the team. I mean, both yes. getting re-signed to fairly large contracts. There's but definitely a world. There is but also they have to win for that to happen, I feel like. Like, they have to be very successful for the team to be willing to do that. Sure. And I guess, but I also think that that sort of depends on your sort of, what are you deeming as successful, right? If you're deeming, like, a World Series as successful, then... A, a championship oof, series. That's they really... have to get to the championship series. Okay, yeah. If they don't get to the championship series, that's I don't fair. think you can reasonably re-sign both. Yeah, that's fair. I just also look at it like, you know, this is a team that's been a 90 plus win team mm -hmm. every year that they've been on board. Yeah. I mean, outside of 2020, which was a short season, but yeah, like, you know, the last three years, they've been a 90 plus win team, which in a division like a central would have meant that they won it every time. Um, Telling you um, abolished divisions, just yeah, go abol leaks. abolished divisions. And actually I was slightly wrong. They were an 89 win team this last year. Um, <laughs> But um, how, how dare you? How dare I? They were so close. <laughs> they didn't quite make the 90, um, you know, but they have been a successful team. But I think they are closer than they are yeah. um, far. I mean, we'll see. I, I like I said, I think Bo Bichette is the guy you have to pay. Vlad is more likely to be the guy they pay. That's what I feel like. Um, um, where would you but, rather have your 800 OPS, you know, in the middle infield or on first base? And I think we all agree. The middle infield. Middle infield. There's nothing I can't be more excited for than the Giants to offer Vlad a ton of money for him not to go there. Because that's the Giants <laughs> MO. And then he signs with the Dodgers. Yes. Oh. And, oh, dude. <laughs> talk about infuriating. I think having you, I Freddie think... Freeman and signing <laughs> Vlad Guerrero, that might be my breaking point. <laughs> I think you would actually break. <laughs> I, it, if Vlad goes to the Dodgers, I will break. <laughs> I hope Vlad goes to the Angels. Oh man! Just for yeah. oh what? That's oh I think you know, that's gonna happen. That'd be kind of poetic though. Yeah. That's where his dad played. I actually I don't wish that upon anybody. Oh, it'd be yeah. I mean, it would be sad in that it would just be the Angels <laughs> with a superstar still losing. But you know, it'd be... uh, can we get Mike Trout traded? 
It's yeah, not gonna we got to get please. Mike Trout traded. Please. Come on, man. <laughs> and not I'll to the A. <laughs> yeah, you'll work. I'll call my guy. Oh, you, I'll you'll call, call my guy. guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Don't worry. The show. Hey, I'll get make it sure you report back on that one. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do. About it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know when we'll see you guys next. Maybe when some of these top five free agents that haven't signed have signed. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, maybe. We'll definitely plan out and be back for our prediction episodes as always. You'll probably get at least two episodes before the prediction episode. Yeah, That's probably. fair to say. Probably at least not. two. At least two, maybe more if we're feeling it. But we'll be back in full force for the regular season. Of course, you will not miss any baseball from nonstop baseball. Unless it's the off season where we may stop for six weeks. Yeah, we stop yeah. for six weeks. Uh, it happens. But yeah, this episode was a little bit longer than our normal episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. This might be our longest episode ever. Up there. It's definitely not our there. most emotional, though. That was the Joe Panic. That was the Joe Panic. Morion. Shout out, Joe Panic. Love you, dog. Great locker room. You're my guy, big dog. Hey, hey. Great locker room guys come from Oakland days. He was never in Oakland day. Oh, great locker room I'm guys kidding. can come from anywhere. That's fair. That's fair. You know who's a great locker room guy? Luke Rayleigh? No, don't you <laughs> dare. I'm mad. I'm I'm leaving the call. And with that, <laughs> we will see you when we see you. <laughs> uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Later.